Howdy toe, listeners. My name is Lacey, and welcome back to Through the Cracks, a true crime podcast focused on unsolved and mysterious cases in Oklahoma. First, I want to thank you for sticking with me throughout the break I took for the holidays. This break was unexpectedly long due to me starting my last semester of college recently, but no, I do all I can to keep the show going even if episodes can't get out on a set schedule right now. I hope you have all been having a good 2021 so far. Before I get to the case for today's episode, I have some updates from previous cases. In episode 2 of this series, I told the story of Ida Beard, who went missing from El Reno in 2015. I also talked about Ida's law bill, which would establish a tribal liaison within the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation to assist with jurisdictional issues that often occur with missing and murdered cases involving Native Americans. Ida's law will be reintroduced to the 2021 Oklahoma Legislative Session by Oklahoma's Republican Senator Paul Rosino. This reintroduction will ensure the bill will have a chance to go through the process to become law in the state. Now, for today's case, we travel back in time to 1984 in Tulsa. Melissa Moore was a 22-year-old student at Tulsa University at the time of her disappearance. She was the daughter of a prominent Muskogee Citizens Bank Trust and President Lake Moore III, based on info from newspaper articles. Melissa was last seen leaving the Chi Omega sorority house around 12.50 a.m. She was heading back to her residence at 232 Montclair Avenue that was only a few blocks away. It is unclear whether she ever made it home. Her car was found at East Easton Street, which is two miles away from her home. News reports state that a neighbor saw a man park it there. One of Tulsa's cold case detectives, Eddie Majors said, quote, One of the family members happens to be looking out the window and sees a guy sitting in the car for a few minutes. He locks the door, then takes off walking, unquote. After the car was found, there was no sign of Melissa Moore anywhere for a few weeks. As with many cases that involve young people disappearing without a trace, Melissa's body was found in Pryor Creek by bridge inspectors in late April. It was obvious that her body had been there for a long time. Her official cause of death was drowning and manner was homicide. I don't think that many people know that the cause of death and manner of death is different, but both are important in cases like this where there's a mystery to solve. Cause of death is kind of self-explanatory. It describes what exactly caused that person to die. So like asphyxiation, drowning, or blunt force trauma, those are common in true crime cases. Manner of death is a little more complicated, but that's what describes a death as accidental, homicide, suicide, natural causes, or unknown. This one is a little more tricky, even for medical professionals sometimes. In Melissa Moore's case, her manner of death was determined to be homicide, so law enforcement agents knew that they were looking for a murderous perpetrator. Even though Melissa's body was found in Pryor Creek, Officials could not find any information hinting that she knew any connections in that area and had no idea why she would be there, although it is unlikely that she traveled there on her own accord. The State Bureau of Investigation has had this case since 1985, but gave new evidence to the Mays County District Attorney as recently as 2005, but nothing has come of that. There has been DNA collection and agents have wanted to test the evidence but according to an OSBI agent, there was not enough to charge, so the testing didn't get done. 
This seemed odd to me because it seems like Melissa was well-liked and would be high on the investigator's priority list to resolve the case. That particular agent, I couldn't find a name, was described as not wanting other people looking into the case, which also seems suspicious. My personal thoughts and deductions from this case is that someone definitely knows who killed Melissa Moore, but as with a lot of cases that I cover on this podcast, the perpetrator is being covered up and not facing any repercussions of their actions. Ultimately, this case could be easily solved if the right people stood up and spoke out about any information that they know about what happened that night in 1984. Cold cases are always difficult because time clears away memories and people connect to the crime. If Melissa's killer was caught today, it would be too late for Melissa's parents who are now both deceased. They died not knowing what their daughter went through her last night alive, which is terrible for any parent, I'm sure. Melissa does have a brother who lives in Muskogee who fights for answers about his sister's homicide. So if you or someone you know has any information, on Melissa Moore's case, I urge you to call in tips to Detective Major's direct line at the Tulsa Cold Case Squad. That number is 918-596-9143. Justice means closure, even if it is almost 37 years late. Again, I want to thank you for listening to today's episode. I appreciate the support. If you liked today's episode, please share with your friends and family. The more exposure cold cases like Melissa's get, the more likely she will get justice. I know this one was a short one, but if you'd like to hear more from this podcast, please consider rating the show on Apple Podcasts or leave a voice message directly on Anchor. Covering unsolved cases is something I really love to do, so I am going to try and put out episodes when I can, even if they're short like this one. So, as always, you can send case suggestions to throughthecrackspod at gmail.com and don't forget to check out through the cracks on instagram and twitter their links will be in the description box below until next time stay alert and never stop searching